Hey, welcome, welcome all you guys here this morning. Good to have you guys in the balcony, all you guys joining us online, those who are down in the cafe. You know, this is a fantastic day. It really is a fantastic day, the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And I want to tell you, that changes everything. And what I want to do, I want to talk to you this morning about the resurrection power experienced. Now, I suspect that you probably enjoy some experiences better than, well, let me use it, explain it this way. Let's just say we had a hot apple pie or whatever your favorite flavor of pie is. Then you got about a scoop. No, let's make that three scoops of vanilla bean ice cream on top of that hot pie. Would you rather read about it or experience it for yourself? I could probably go for a piece of pie right now, as a matter of fact. Yes. I wouldn't mind that experience. That'd be great, you know. So anyhow, when we're talking about resurrection power experience, you can experience it right now in your life if you want to. That is available to us all. I was reading about these three buddies, and they were discussing death. And one of them asked the group, what would you like people to say about you, you know, at, at your funeral? And, and the first guy, he said, he would like them to say about him. Well, he was a great humanitarian who cared about his community. And another guy said, well, he would, what he'd like people to say about him is that he was a great husband and a great father who was an example for many to follow. And the third guy said, I'd like people to say, look, he's moving, you know. <laughs> so after three days in the tomb, Jesus was moving and he's been moving and he's on the move ever since. He is alive. He is absolutely fantastic. Jesus is moving. There's an old uh, song uh, I really enjoyed, and it's called He's Alive by Don Francisco. And if you get a chance today, if you're not already familiar with it, check it out online. Don Francisco, He is Alive. And it's just a phenomenal song. But I'm going to read you the words to the song. It's not one of these little songs that's got a chorus and you sing it like 40 times. This is like a tremendous amount of thought, you know, in every word. And this is really... <clears throat> A declaration of Peter. These words of the song are really being said by Peter. It says, the gates and doors were barred and all the windows fastened down. I spent the night in sleeplessness and I rose at every sound. Half in hopeless sorrow and half in fear of the day would find the soldiers breaking through to drag us all away. And just before the sunrise, heard something at the wall. The gate began to rattle, and a voice began to call. Hurried to the window and looked down into the street, expecting swords and torches and the sound of soldiers' feet. 
There was no one there but Mary. So I went down to let her in. And John stood there beside me as she told us where she'd been. She said, they've moved him in the night and none of us know where. The stone's been rolled away and now his body isn't there. But we both ran toward the garden and then John ran on ahead. We found the stone in the empty tomb, just the way that Mary said. But the winding sheet they wrapped him in was just an empty shell. And how or where they taken him was more than I could tell. Well, something strange had happened there. Just what I did not know. John believed it was a miracle, but I just turned to go. Circumstance and speculation couldn't lift me very high because I'd seen them crucify him. And then I saw him die. Back inside the house, again, the guilt and the anguish came. Everything I'd promised him just added to my shame. When at last it came to choices, I had denied that I knew his name. Even if he was alive, it wouldn't be the same. Suddenly the air was filled with strange and sweet perfume. Light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room. Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide and I fell down on my knees and I just clung to him and cried. He raised me to my feet and as I looked into his eyes, love was shining out from him like sunlight from the skies. Guilt in my confusion disappeared in sweet release. And every fear I'd ever had, it just melted into peace. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven gates, heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive and I'm forgiven and heaven gates are open wide. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. It's a phenomenal song that carries a phenomenal message from a man named Peter who had denied that he ever knew the Lord. If you'll remember that particular incident. But he came to understand and to believe and to know that Jesus was yet alive. Uh, I was also reading about this guy who was visiting the Holy Land and then he sent his neighbors a postcard describing how beautiful the gardens were there in the Holy Land. And the neighbor's six-year-old son said, I wonder if he saw the rose. What rose did dad ask? He said, you know, like the Bible women saw, they went to the garden where Jesus was buried and there they saw Christ had a rose. Sometimes the death and the resurrection are hard for some folks to grasp what it's really all about. It's just like, doesn't quite make sense. We just don't catch it. Anyhow, Matthew chapter 22, verse 29, it says, Jesus answered and he said unto them, you do err. That, that means you made a mistake. You do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. 
where we're talking about resurrection power experienced, that these things are linked together. Knowing the scriptures is key to knowing the power of God. The resurrection power of God can be known and can be experienced. But these things go together. The more you know of God's word and you've read it and you've heard it and you've studied it, the more you're going to be able to access that resurrection power for your own life. Let me read it one more time. Jesus answered and said unto them, you do err, not knowing the scriptures, therefore, or not knowing the power of God. By rising from the dead, see, Jesus demonstrated the power that he claimed to have. He demonstrated it, and they saw it acted out. And 2021 is a reminder of this event. You think about this, 2021 years since Jesus came. Every time you write a date, whether it's on a check or a letter, when you write 2021, you're remembering it was 2021 years since Jesus came. And that was a game changer for sure. The Russian word for Sunday was kursikne, means resurrection. Isn't that amazing? So every communist must speak of the resurrection when referring to the first day of the week. Because <clears throat> Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week. And I just think it's phenomenal. These folks here in this communist country that say they don't believe, the first day of their week declares resurrection. Res I'll see you on resurrection day on Sunday. It's amazing how God plays that. And the most famous clock in the world is London's Big Ben. And it stands by the Houses of Parliament and towers above Westminster Abbey. <clears throat> it's a familiar trademark. And the chimes play the tune of a hymn. And the hymn is, I know that my Redeemer lifteth. So every time that clock chimes, they hear this old hymn, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And every time they say the word Sunday in this communist country, they're talking about the resurrection. It's kind of amazing when you think about that. Even when we least expect it, there's this reminder of the resurrection. It says in John chapter 12, verse 32, it says, and when I am lifted up, this is Jesus talking, and when I am lifted up from the earth, and you remember when Jesus was lifted up? He, he was laid down on top of the cross. His hands were nailed to the cross and his feet. And then the soldiers lifted up the cross and they dropped into a hole in the ground. And there Jesus is lifted up above all the people around. He's lifted up and Jesus said, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone. Now, what percentage is everyone? 100%. I will draw everyone. That's talking about men, women, boys and girls. <clears throat> I will draw everyone to myself. <clears throat> now, have you ever felt that draw and that tug at your own life? Have you ever felt drawn toward Christ? Well, he says he's been drawing you. Ever since he was lifted up from the earth, 
He's been tugging at us. He's been revealing his love and his goodness and his mercy to us, tugging us to himself. He's drawing us. Then he said in verse 33, he said this to indicate about being lifted up. He said this to indicate how he was going to die. And then shortly thereafter, several days later, all the disciples were gathered around and Jesus began to ascend up into the heavens. He just began to ascend up there. And they stood with their mouths wide open. It's like, ah. And he kept ascending until he disappeared in the clouds. And the Bible says there was two angels there. And they were going, hey, guys, what are you doing? This same Jesus who ascended into the heavens, he's going to return again one day. He said he was. Now, we should, you guys should get on and doing what he told you to do because he's coming back. It says that right there in the Bible. But he was lifted up on a cross, and then he was lifted up into the very presence of his Father. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Because God's children are human beings. Is there anyone here this morning who is not a human being? Okay, all human beings here this morning. That's awesome. I didn't know if we had a, maybe a spaceship or something parked out in the parking lot or something or another. But it says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also, talking about Jesus, the Son of God, also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, as the Son of God, as the creator of the heavens and the earth. He could not die. He laid aside his divine attributes and his heavenly powers to be born on this old earth and to live as a human being. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Verse 15 says, only in this way could he set all. What percentage is that? 100%. He set all, he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. And so many people do fear dying because it's an uncertainty. They don't know what's, you know, awaiting them. Or if there is anything, they don't understand that. See, sin entered the world when man took fruit from the tree of temptation and sin was forgiven when men nailed Jesus to the tree of salvation. We would call that tree a cross. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says, I want to know Christ. Oh man, that resonates in my heart. That describes my feelings exactly. I want to know Christ and experience. Oh, You know, it's better than just reading about it. You know, eating that hot apple pie with that ice cream, three scoops of vanilla bean ice cream on it, experiencing that is better than just hearing about it any old day. And he says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him just like he did and share in his death so that one day... So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection 
from the dead. And that resurrection power is not just when we die and go to heaven. He wants us to experience that resurrection. It's a miraculous power while we're here living on this earth. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, it says, I pray that you will begin to understand. I, I pray that you'll begin to, to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe him. Wait a minute. Let me start. I pray that you'll begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe him. Do you believe him? That's the key that gets the ball rolling so we begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power because we, we believe him. This is the same mighty power. And in the Greek, that word is dunamis power. And that's where we get the word dynamite, TNT, explosive power. This is that same mighty power, this dunamis power, this miraculous power. And you can begin to understand it. Verse 20 says, this mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor, the resurrection This resurrection power raised Jesus from the dead. This mighty, wonderful power that raised him from the dead also seated him. The Bible says that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. This resurrection power that brought him alive and seated him at the right hand of the Father is available to you and me. Now, while on this planet, right now, it goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And he hath raised us up together and made us to sit. You know what I'm talking about? And, and this is not just some figment of an imagination. This is in a, a position that, that you, you can live in. You know, it's like you become a citizen of heaven. Even before you actually move in there, your citizenship is documented there. And, and the Bible continually refers to you and me as being seated in heavenly places. That, that wonderful, mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father has also rising you and me, giving us that resurrection power in sitting us, not when we die and go to heaven, but right now we're seated in heavenly places in this heavenly realm. He says, Ephesians 2, 6, and he hath raised us up together and he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, in relationship with Christ. And, and when we're in union with Christ is what he's talking about. And it says here in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. (laughs) 
You know what this balloon's going to do when I turn it loose? What's it going to do? Gravity just pulled it down. It pulled it down to its lowest possible position. I was thinking I might should tie it to my water bottle, but I don't think I need to. What do you think this balloon's going to do when I turn loose of it? Is there a difference between these two balloons? And one of these balloons represents you. They look pretty much the same, but at least for a moment, I'm going to tie this one to my water bottle. This one is seated in heavenly places. There's something in this balloon here that causes it to rise. That same substance, we would call it helium, is not in this balloon. This balloon is still sleeping. But you can see very clearly there's a difference between the two, and we know it's not the balloon itself, but what's on the inside, right? And it says here in Romans chapter 11, verse 12, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead don't live in you. And you can tell it's obvious that there's a, a massive, a major difference here. And it goes on to say, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life. He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. He gives us life. And when we allow him to live in us, and that same spirit that rose him from the dead, we allow his spirit to live within us, it makes things different. It changes everything. And, and others may not recognize the difference, but it's pretty obvious just in the analogy between these two balloons, there's an obvious difference of what's on the inside of these balloons. This one, I would rather be this one than this one. And these balloons, you, you are one of these balloons. There is the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead that causes you to rise and has seated you in heavenly places. Right now, your citizenship is in heaven. And you have access to that resurrection power right now. And, and, and the, the more you get to know his word, the more you have access to that resurrection power. And those who don't believe in the resurrection... They're just kind of, they just have been pulled down. That's what sin does. It pulls us down to our lowest possible position. And I would rather this one represent me. Anyhow, it goes on to say in verse 12, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation. There is no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. And I, I think we should practice this. The devil tempts us to disobey God, does he not? And I would like you to practice something with me right now. And I also practice saying this word. It's a two-letter word. Do you know what that word is? 
You don't know? I'm asking if you knew you would know. Well, let's say this word no together, okay, on the count of three. No. When the devil tempts you to disobey God, do you really want to spend all your time just laying flat on your back? Just groveling, you know, allowing sin to have control over you? Or would you like that resurrection power in you, living in you, giving new life to you? That resurrection power seeding you in heavenly places now that you're a citizen of the kingdom. And as you learn the rules and the laws of that, your citizenship, it changes things because they can be applied to your life right now. That's what I'm talking about, you know. And see, this resurrection power, it sets you free from that gravitational pull of sin. It changes things in your life. It lifts you up above your sinful nature. We're talking about experiencing the power to change your life. That's resurrection power. That's what we celebrate here on this Sunday morning. The resurrection power. And this changes things. It's the power to cancel your past. How many of you like the idea of all your past being canceled out? Every wrong thing you ever did I'm talking about. You know, oh no. I mean, there's some good things in the past. But how many of you would like to have... All your past mistakes and sins just totally canceled out. That comes by the resurrection power. It changes things. It lifts you up above your past. Because, see, when your past is canceled out, that just simply means you're forgiven. I like the idea of being forgiven, you know. And, and to be forgiven because Jesus rose from the dead, this is some, some good news. It, this is some new. Some, some news that you can use. You can apply it to your life every day. Listen to what he says here in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. It says, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And that means it depends on what you believe. That's what faith is. It's, it's what you believe. And for God's way of making us right with himself, it depends on faith. Verse 10 says, I can really know Christ and experience Oh, a personal encounter. I can really know Christ, know him, not just know about him, but I can really know Christ and experience the mighty power. That's that resurrection power that raised him from the dead. I can know and experience that resurrection power. That's what the Bible says, and that's, that's relevant to all of us, you know. Now, we can tap into his resurrection power, Usually on holidays, right? You can tap into that resurrection power now. Right now. You can access that resurrection power for your life right now. You don't have to wait for any special day of the week or a special day of the month or a special day out of the year. You can access that right now. And you can come overcome all the odds that have been stacked against you. Have you ever felt like there were some odds stacked against you? But through that resurrection power, you can overcome all those odds that are stacked against you. And we need to take a step of faith. And we need to make our, our spiritual development the absolute priority of our life. When you and I make our spiritual development the absolute priority of our life, things begin to change. What you're believing, your faith changes things. You access this resurrection power. And you can tell it's very obvious that this balloon 
is substantially different than that one. Although they look identical. But there's something that made a change and it's what's on inside of them. And when Christ, he, he comes into our, our lives in the person of his Holy Spirit, it changes things and you can access that resurrection power right now. That's what he tells us. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. This is what it says. It says, you can really know Christ. Not just know about him, but you can really know Christ and experience the mighty power. That's that resurrection power that raised him from the dead. Now, many feel like something is broken inside that just can't be fixed. There's people in this world, probably some people that you know, maybe some people who are joining us here today, whether online or in this building, who feel like there's something broken in me that just can't be fixed. I've got a scripture for you that will give you tremendous insight and revelation. It's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. It says, you can really know Christ. Not just know about him, but you can really know Christ and experience the mighty power, that resurrection power that raised him from the dead. And there's many people who feel that what's lost can never be restored in my life. Well, I got a scripture for you, too. It's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, and it says, you can really know Christ. Not just know about him, but you can really know him personally and have an encounter with him and experience the mighty power, that resurrection power that raised him from the dead. There's many feel, you know, that the wrongs that's been done to you can never be righted. But here's a passage that can change your life forever. And it's found in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. And it says, you can really know Christ. And experience the mighty power, that's that resurrection power that raised him from the dead. Now, many are walking around feeling like <clears throat> damaged goods. You know, you just feel like, well, you've been marked down and, and you're valued so little. You ever bought something that was damaged? You go to a store and it's like, oh, oh all the stuff over here is marked way down because it's been damaged. And there's a lot of people who feel like damaged goods. But I got a scripture for you, too. And it says it right here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that you can really know not just know about, but you can really know Christ and experience the mighty power. That's that resurrection power I'm talking about that raised him from the dead. Many are, are living one step away from despair, especially during this pandemic and all the craziness that's been going on in our world. You're just a step away, you feel like, from great despair. But I've got a passage for you too. And it's found in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. And it says you can really know Christ. The king of kings and the lord of lords. And the prince of peace. The creator of all. You can really know Christ. And experience. This is personal experience. The mighty power. That resurrection power. That raised him from the dead. Now many people are feeling invisible. You know, with a loved, starved heart. Like, like no one sees them. It's like they didn't even exist or something. 
But there's a passage here that's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I don't know if you've read it before, but it says, you can really know Christ. And you can experience this mighty power, this resurrection power that raised him from the dead. You know, there's a lot of folks who are crying on the inside. And they're basically saying, notice me. Notice me. Would somebody just notice me? Notice me. Convince me that I matter. Please, somebody convince me that my life matters, that it makes a difference. I want you to read Philippians chapter 3. Verse 10, it says you can really know, not just know about him through reading books, but you can know him, you can encounter Christ. You can really know Christ and experience the mighty power, that resurrection power that raised him from the dead. Don't give up. Resurrection power is available to you to come o- to overcome all those odds that are stacked against you. And that resurrection power is available to you today. It's available right now. Not that you have to earn your way into it, but it's available to us all right now. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying... As we're getting older, you know, our spirits are being renewed every day. Now, what percentage is every day? It's 100% of all the days, 365 days out of the year. He says, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Don't give up. Don't give up, but rise up and look up. The Bible says you're redeemer. He's coming back. Your redemption draweth nigh. Don't give up, but rise up. You understand what I'm talking about? Rise up and look up because your redemption, it draws near. That's what God's word tells us here. And I'd like to read a a verse that's very meaningful to me. It's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And it says, you can really know. You can. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in this building, up in the balcony, those who are watching us online, those who are downstairs in the uh, overflow, in the cafe, you can experience this resurrection power that raised him, Jesus, from the dead. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, for in Christ, you know, for in Christ, in a relationship with Christ, for in Christ, but I'm talking about you and I can have this, but listen what the Bible talks about Christ and and the fullness of God. It says, for in Christ, the fullness of God lives in a human body. In Christ. Do you want the fullness of God to live in you? You think the fullness of God would make a difference in your life if the fullness of God was in you versus it's obvious if the fullness of God is not there, you're just kind of sleeping, pulled to your lowest gravitational pulling place. And that's down. But he goes on to say in verse 10, Colossians 2.10, and you are complete. You are complete 
through your union with Christ. Like helium being in a balloon, it makes the balloon complete. It can do all kinds of things that the balloon without helium can do. But are, are we refusing Christ and his spirit from living in us? Well, that well, don't really make that much of a difference. Oh, yes, it does. It makes a lot of a difference. Just the helium in this balloon here, it's very obvious it makes a difference compared to this one here. And you and I are represented by one of these balloons today. Is Christ in us? Are we complete with our, in our union with him? Have we accessed that resurrection power that raises us up and seats us in a heavenly position in relationship with Christ? You know, there was a little boy that uh, he lived on a farm of his mom and his dad and out in the country, this is years ago, and uh, he saw on a fence post out there close to where they would get their mail, he saw this poster nailed on one of his fence posts and it talked about a circus coming to town. And it's like, he didn't really know much about circuses, but he'd heard from some other kids that circuses were awesome. That was wonderful. And he went back to the house and said, Dad, there's a circus coming to town. Could I go to the circus, Dad? And the dad thought about it for a while. And he said, if you will get all your chores done, you, you do them really well. And the day that the circus gets here, you got to do your chores early in the morning. And you can go to the circus. And his dad reached in his pocket and he pulled out a $1 bill. The most money this kid had ever seen at one time. They had plenty of food to eat, but they were kind of low on having cold cash. And his dad said, now you hang on to this. This is what's going to cost you to go to the circus. And the day arose where the circus was coming to town. The little boy was up and he'd done all of his chores and he was ready to go. And he had his dollar in his pocket. And as he made his way to town, he could hear a little commotion before he ever quite got all the way there. And as he was coming, he saw these, these cages that was on wheels and they were painted with yellow wheels and the cages were, were uh, overlaid with red paint and very festive looking things. And there were lions and, and tigers and bears, oh my, in these cages. And there are elephants with special beautiful harnesses on them and, and, and you know, big feathers and all on them. And there were horses coming down with special harnesses and, and feathers on their, their head as well. And, and all the clowns and, and men and women coming down the parade route here. And they were juggling and doing all kinds of amazing things. And the kid was just overwhelmed with joy. He'd never seen anything like this before. And, and then as, as the parade was just about over, a clown was walking by and making everybody laugh and all. And as he came over close to the kid, the kid reached in his pocket and he handed the clown a dollar bill. We often settle for a whole lot less because we don't know anything is better. And this little kid thought the circus. He had experienced all of the circus. But all he had done is he experienced the parade from the train. 
to the place where the circus was going to be unfolded and shown that it was going to last two or three hours. So if he paid his dollar bill and he went home because he didn't know there was anything better and he settled for a whole lot less. Think about it. How does this relate to you? You know? Do, do you know there's anything better? Do you settle for less because you don't know there's this resurrection power available <clears throat> to you? Do you know all the promises of God are more fantastic than much of what you have ever experienced? But if you read about it and you find out the parade is not all there is to it. There's a whole lot more to come and you don't want to miss out on what is yet to come. But see, if you don't know there's anything better, you settle for a whole lot less. You know, when we were babies, and I assume you was probably a baby one time too, you know, but we were fed most often this unseasoned baby food. Come in these little jars, and lots of times it was just mashed up like peas or something like that and put in this baby food jar. And they knew back then, which they changed as time progressed, but they had their hands slapped to go back to the way they used to do it. You don't put any seasoning. You don't put all kinds of salt and stuff in baby food. That was only for the mama. When she tasted her baby food, mm, that's good. You're going to like this, honey. But that much salt was not good for the baby. So they went back to the unseasoned the baby food, just kind of bland. But the baby loved it. Oh, and then you talk about strained spinach. Oh, man, don't, isn't that sound so wonderful? Our Easter dinner, we're going to serve you a big bowl of strained green spinach. But the baby's just going, uh, 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 more, uh, uh. Because he don't know that there's anything better. That's all he's ever experienced, you know. But you know what? When you get older, then you begin to discover French fries and hamburgers. And you begin to discover fried chicken and mashed potatoes and gravy and hot homemade biscuits and butter and jellies and jams. Man, green beans and candied yams and deviled eggs and roast beef and barbecued ribs and sliced ham and hot apple pie with ice cream. Pasta and lasagna and pizza and, and the list just goes on and on and on. And I'm getting hungry. I'm going to go get something to eat. But I'm going to tell you something. After this little baby has experienced all this, he'll never go back to strained spinach again. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And when you discover there is so much more than you knew was there and you find it and you discover this resurrection power and it changes you from the way you used to be, you go, wow, I can't believe I did without this for so long. It changes things in your life. Oh, we've tasted something so much better than strained spinach. And it says in Psalms 34, verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who trust in him. When you have tasted and you see how 
good the Lord is. You don't want to just go back to being pulled to the lowest position that gravity can pull you down and you're just down. You're just down. You're about as low as you can go. You don't want that no more once you've tasted and you've seen how good God is. Ken and C.J. Mansfield in California, they have a deli. And, and being Christians that they are, they often gave very kind words and they would give food to Garland, who was a homeless man who often came into their place. The store was broken into and, and everyone was sure it was Garland who broke into the store. And Ken and CJ, they, they didn't believe that. They didn't believe it was Garland. And therefore they made up this very expensive fruit basket for Garland. And the next day, the police had seen Garland walking down the sidewalk with this huge, massive fruit basket. You know, and they picked up Garland and they took him back to the store with the fruit basket because they knew that that fruit basket had been stolen. But Ken said, hey, thanks for bringing the basket back in, Garland, because here's the other things we wanted to put in it. And here's your change, $38.67. And the police were just kind of wide-eyed, and they let Garland go with his fruit basket and his change. Well, Garland, he died a couple days later in the park. And Ken and CJ were called to the attorney's office and Garland had left all of his worldly belongings to them. His traveling bag was kind of tattered and worn. A bag of bird seed it was half used. And a Bible marked with a bank book. You know what it says in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 30, uh, 25, verse 35? It says, and this is Jesus talking. He says, for I was hungry and you fed me. That's, that's going horizontal. We talked about that for the last two weeks. And this right here is, is horizontal. We're supposed to love the Lord vertically with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we're to love our neighbor horizontally. I was hungry and you fed me. You're going horizontal. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. Verse 40 says, and the king, talking about Jesus, will tell them, I assure you, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Now Garland's bank book in that bank book, the very last entry was $38.67, bringing the balance to well over $3 million. Ken and CJ became rich by Garland's death. Garland had riches that no one knew about, and so does God. He has riches that very few know about. They don't appropriate it. They don't access it and apply it in their own lives and for their own families and in their day-to-day -day activities. 
They don't know the riches that Christ has. As Jesus hung on the cross, he had riches. That most of them guys around there, the Roman soldiers and all, they had no clue about. But he offers those riches to us here today if we believe. It tells us in the book of John, chapter 1, it says, if we believe and we receive. If we believe, we'll receive what he has in store for us. We become rich by Jesus' death. It says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, you know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus Christ was. And though he was very rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich. In the book of John chapter 20 verse 6 it says Simon Peter arrived. He arrived at the empty tomb. Simon Peter arrived and he went inside and he also noticed the the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth, uh, they called it a napkin, this cloth napkin that that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart over here. Here was these other wrappings, but here was this, this napkin, this cloth that was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. And then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and he believed. Because of this napkin laying there. See, according to the Hebrew tradition of that day, a folded napkin had to do with the master and the servant. Every Jewish boy knew this tradition. And when the servant would set the dinner table, he set it exactly the way the master wanted the table to be set. And the table was, you know, furnished perfectly. And the servant would wait just around the corner, just out of sight, right through a doorway somewhere until the master had finished eating. And the servant would not touch the table until the master was finished. And when the master had done, was done eating, he would rise from the table and he would wipe his fingers on the napkin and and his mouth and he would clean his beard with that napkin and then he would wad it up and he would toss it over on the table and the servant knew to clear the table in those days the wadded napkin meant I'm done but if the master got up from the table and he folded his napkin and he laid it beside his plate the servant would not dare touch the table. The folded napkin meant, I'm coming back. And every Jewish boy in those days and times, they knew what that folded napkin meant. Jesus was saying, for those who entered the tomb after he had risen from the dead, he said, I'm coming back. And throughout his word, he promises he shall return for us. He says, I'm coming back. Jesus is coming back again. 
That's what he has said. And I believe every word that he said. This is what it says here in the book of Acts. I'll hit it just real quickly. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. It says, there is salvation. There is forgiveness. And no one else. Only in Jesus. There is no other name than Jesus in all of heaven for people to call on to save them. Only the name of Jesus. John chapter 14 verse 6. Jesus told them, I am the way. I'm the path. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, not even one, can come to the Father in heaven except through me. And then he says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, God's word says, if you confess with your mouth, there's something you got to do with your mouth. If you confess, if you declare this with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord. You believe in Jesus is Lord and you confess Jesus is Lord. You confess that with your mouth and then you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. This is all about this resurrection time. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart this resurrection message that Jesus rose from the dead. That's all it takes. He says it right here. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. Saved, Forgiven. Having your name written in the book of life. You've received a pardon just by confessing that he is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead on that third day. Salvation comes. You've received forgiveness. That's it. That's the good news. It sounds too good to be true. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17, it says, And if Christ has not raised, well, then your faith is useless. If he didn't rise, if he didn't rise from the dead, your faith is useless and you're still under condemnation for your sins. In that case, if he didn't rise from the dead, all, talking about your loved ones here, who've already passed on, all who have died believing in Christ have perished if there was no resurrection. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, all of our loved ones who passed on before us, they're just over with. And if we have hope in Christ, only in this life we are the most miserable people in the world. But the fact is that Christ has been raised from the dead. And this Resurrection Sunday, this Easter time that we call it, it's, it's God always has the last word. Always has the last word. Easter comes but once a year, so many people say. But to a person saved from sin, it's Easter every day. A man when saved or, or born again, his life to Christ will give. And as a newborn babe in Christ, he's just begun to live. I am the resurrection life, the Savior one day said. And he who believing in my word shall live though he were dead. And that well-known apostle Paul and Philippi made plain for me to live is Jesus Christ. And for me to die is gain. So when the blood of Christ, our Lord redeems our soul from sin, every day is Easter for Jesus. He lives within. And what I'd like to do quickly right now is before you depart on this resurrection weekend here, I'd like for us to declare our faith and and reaffirm our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He who had 
endured such a horrible time of beatings before he went to the cross and then the crucifixion for you and me. And all he says is you just need to declare that he is Lord and believe that God, his Father, sent the Holy Spirit and raised him from the dead. And you're saved. And I'd like us to reaffirm our faith. And maybe you're here today or you're joining us online somewhere and you've never even declared that even once. Well, today is the day. Now is the time to receive this fantastic gift, this forgiveness and this this, uh, salvation. So if you would bow your heads with me and I would ask you to join me as we pray this prayer out loud together. And you guys at home, please join us and pray this out loud together. And if Susan, if you would come on up here with me, I would appreciate that. But for all you other guys, wherever you're at, would you just pray again with me? From the depths of your heart, Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And that's why you sent your son Jesus. And that's why you sent your son Jesus. And I believe that Jesus died in my place. And I believe that Jesus died in my place. To pay for all of my sins. To pay for all of my sins. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And now he's knocking at the door of my heart. And now he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus. And I welcome Jesus. Into my life. Into my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my King. And as my King. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.